Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, Toronto writer and commentator. Twice a week, I offer my take on the world, from craven politics and unchecked ambition to secret sauces, bitter loss, and fist-pumping redemption. They're stories to live by. Quirky, high-style, tear-jerking, funny ha-ha, sometimes funny peculiar. My tales don't walk down the sidewalk and browse in the windows. They sneak into alleyways and come out onto different worlds. Alex Brown narrates each mini-podcast to bring to your ears what you see with your eyes in my twice-a-week blogs. And now, today's episode of Ramsey Writes. Reopening meets reawakening. Written by Bob Ramsey. I remember March 13th last year. It was a Friday and the day most North Americans left our workplaces and hunkered down for the coming plague. A couple of weeks or at worst a month. Well, here we are 15 months later, my wife and I having fled to her cottage, which is now our primary residence. I remember the drive up to Georgian Bay that cold night. The blowing snow... Donald Trump on the radio promising instant COVID testing for every American in the parking lots of Walmarts and Target stores. We were in Toronto last Friday, which marked the official end of the pandemic for Ontarians who had endured the longest lockdowns of any jurisdiction in North America. Restaurant patios were open. Retail stores, even bookstores, were open. Parks were open. Public libraries were opening. It was a gorgeous, sunny summer day, and people were thrilled to line up by the hundreds to get into stores along Bloor Street. But something was missing. You still can't go to a movie in Ontario. You can't go to the Stratford Festival or Shaw. You can't hear a concert indoors. Ontario is one of the few places in North America where cinemas and theatres are still closed. There are a number of reasons for this, none having to do with the actual risk of getting COVID. It seems that, if enough people are vaccinated, and Ontario is leading North America in that too, and if you have good ventilation, and if people wear masks, you can have large crowds at big events and still have a very small risk of getting or spreading COVID. The British government says that theatres pose almost no COVID risk. As it points out, Testing of crowds at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield, which hosted the World Snooker Championship earlier this year, showed four positive cases among 11,000 people attending the event over 17 days. But opening up after the pandemic isn't just a matter of unbolting the doors and letting everyone in. As we hear every day, the world has shifted beneath our feet. The herd has moved. Take our attitudes towards race and gender and the environment. In just over a year, think what a tiny blip of time that is. Racism, gender identity, and sustainability have moved from the edges to the epicenter. It's hard to connect these huge societal changes with our own lives, unless those changes affect us directly. During the pandemic, most of us connected with our doctors online, most of us for the first time. My wife, the physician, moved from vaguely thinking about practicing telemedicine to being expert at it, as did Canada's 90,000 other doctors, in two weeks. When her office opens again, seeing your doctor will be a profoundly different experience for every doctor and every patient. That's easy to understand, because, like so much around the pandemic, we've nearly all experienced it. 
But connecting huge social changes with something you don't directly experience is harder. Let's take theaters again. In the future, we're going to see a lot more women in leading roles, whether it's live theater or movies. And not just white women, but women of color. But the change isn't just one way, because life and work for people on screen, on stage, and backstage is also changing profoundly. A rider is an addendum to an actor's contract that stipulates specific treatment when they're on the road or on a set. In the past, they've not only celebrated but guaranteed diva-like behavior from stars who want only white M&Ms in their dressing room or those who insist that staff have no eye contact with them or speak to them. But there's a new rider in town, brought to you not by Vanity Gone Wild, but by the new rules around race and gender. As The Telegraph reported last week, an anti-racist rider has now been developed by theatre companies, which will insist venues have safe spaces, provision for black people's hair and makeup, and welcome packages, including local demographic information. The rider could also ensure venues direct touring stars and staff to pubs which are inclusive and potentially away from football crowds on match days. Venues that do not match the standards set out in the rider could be overlooked for tours by companies supporting the agreement. It's one thing to hope for change. It's another to encourage it. But it's completely different to insist on it at the point of a contract signature. As theatre director Amanda Huxtable said, it's the future. We want to build back better after the year we've had. Today's Ramsey Writes was read by Alex Brown. For more information on Bob Ramsey, his work, and all the other things he does besides writing, go to RamseyInc.com. That's R-A-M-S-A-Y-I-N-C.com.